3: real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week individual results may vary
0: this is writers on film the only podcast dedicated to books on cinema Hello everybody and welcome to Writers on Film. My name is John Bleasdell and today I'm going to be talking to Mike Medavoy, a Hollywood legend. Uh, th- I think that word is absolutely merited in this case. Mike has had a career that stretches from the 1960s into the present day. He has been responsible for some of the most famous and some of the best films ever. Uh, as well as during that period, as an agent, he rep- represented the lights of New Hollywood, including Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Terrence Malick, a whole bunch of others. Uh, he headed uh, United Artists. He founded the Orion uh, Orion (laughs) Uh, He also uh, founded and is currently the CEO of Phoenix Pictures Which made such great films as The Thin Red Line But I mean, honestly, if you look at his IMDb page It's not an IMDb page, it's an IMDb book It's so big We uh, didn't have a huge amount of time to talk Because, you know, he's a busy man Uh, But it's such a great conversation. It's such a great uh, honour to talk to him. He is also, of course, because this is why he's on Writers on Film, he's also the author of a memoir called... um you're only as good as your last one. He wrote a book called American Idol After the Iraq War, which is also well worth a read. It's a very interesting argument and he's currently working on his third book as you will find out in the conversation. In fact, let us let me just leave it there. It's uh, It was a great pleasure to talk to him. If you enjoy the conversation, remember to like. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter, Dr. Jonty D-R-J-O-N-T-Y. But before you do any of that, Enjoy the conversation. So okay, okay, super. Um, first of all, uh, what, I, I really enjoyed reading your your book, and I love the title. Um, uh, you're only you're as good
3: only as good as your next one
0: yeah but even better the sort of subtitle the 100 great films 100 good films and 100 for which i should be shot
3: yeah well (laughs) you know those it's kind of interesting because uh as i go through the various titles at various times and i have these scripts i think well that's that wasn't very good and and sometimes you know they it turns around it's better than i thought so you never know
0: what made you want to write the book what was your sort of motivating idea um well you know i've had a very
3: kind of interesting trajectory Mm. to the to the whole life and career you know i every so often i stop and think about it and i you know if I hadn't turned out to do the, the things that I wound up doing, I probably would have been teaching somewhere. You know, I was basically a uh, history major. You know, the idea of combining both that and making films, or being a part of making films, you know, seemed it was a good idea to put it down. I'm working on another, you know, on a, on a another book actually. That this would be the third book. Right and this this one is more about uh, you know turning the clock back to to my parents and and examining their lives and, a- and asking you know the question <clears throat> actually was you know how in the hell did you wind up being Marlon Brando's executor how did that happen and um you know often there's not a lot of answers to that and I, and I've kind of figured out you know what it is you know what mm. is what is survival
0: and you think that comes from your parent
3: yeah no question you know they survived you know if you think about it my father was born in the ukraine russia then um my mother was born in manchuria of her parents are from the ukraine Odessa. And um, they both wound up in Shanghai. They got married there. You know, what are the chances? I mean, you know, there were one of, at the time, I think there was maybe 12,000 or 20,000 Jews living there. And uh, then wound up going to Chile and then from Chile to the United States. You know, I mean, I touched on a lot. If I, you know, I think about it, you know, I missed the 40s but that's about it. I mean, I got here in the 50s and then, you know, late 50s, then I got into the business and and I I got into the business just as it was changing and uh, I became a part of the the change.
0: I'm so glad to hear that you're writing that book because the one criticism I would have of You're Only As Good As Your Last One is that I I really wanted to know more about that background and the family background and stuff like that. It's such an exciting story.
3: It's, a, it's it's a fascinating story, mm. and, you know, it's great because it, it did a full circle on me recently when they told me that they had put together a statue of the family leaving Shanghai mm. in bronze at the museum there. You know, that was great. I mean, that was a interesting piece, and it just says, hey, it just you know, when they fought 360.
0: And when you get to start in the in the movie business, I, I love the story about you starting in the mailroom and, and all the yeah. people in the mailroom, Walter Hill is in the, the mailroom yeah. with you. I mean, that's...
3: Yeah, that's... John, John Badham is in the mailroom, Walter yeah. Hill, you know, Mark Norman, who's actually a terrific writer.
0: That must have been some talented mailroom.
3: Well, it was an it was an interesting interesting group of people, and we're still friends. I mean, I still I haven't seen Mark in a while, but I was actually picked up his book the other day, and I saw Walter maybe a few years ago. Adam, I know is teaching, but it, you know the the follow up to that I always found kind of interesting, and that is that among the things that I was assigned to do was to be a casting director, and I, I worked for Jack Webb, who had a television series, and with for Bob Hope and then years later and my last year before I went to United Artists you know I became Bob Hope's agent and that wow. was that was weird what was he like what you would expect him to be like you know somewhat distant funny I mean he at that point he had been you know was such a big star and been around for so long but I didn't do much with him I I remember asking him at at the time, I had put three movies together, and uh, it was very funny because one of them, you know, one one of them was uh, the Sting, and um, I got I first got Redford, and then I got Newman, and then you know the whole thing got put together then um, young Frankenstein I had I represented Gene Wilder and Peter Boyle and you know all the actors in it and so I asked him to give me $5,000 I'd find a writer to do a you know pass at a, at a story and I said you know you give me 2,500 and get Bing to Bing Crosby to put up the other 2,500 he said Bing is the tightest guy I know he'll never put up $2,500 and I thought well I meant you know he wasn't interested Right. So it's it's interesting. I, I ran into um, Dustin Hoffman the other day, and he said, you know, I remember when you came to me with Hook, and he sa- I said, well, who else are we going to get? I said, well, let's get Spielberg first, and then we'll get Robin Williams. That's exactly, you know, and he said he gets a lot of comments on that movie. So, you know, it's been... It's been an interesting voyage and it still continues because I keep working.
0: One of the things that, that's really interesting about the book is how you meet, I mean, you do meet your legends. You sort of self-consciously go go out on yeah. the town with a list and sort of cold call people and, and go yeah. and see them. But you yeah. also, you, your main sort of innovation is to grab the writers and the directors rather than the actors, the, the young yeah. sort of film school graduates.
3: Yeah, and um, you know that's how I met Milius and Malik and Spielberg. Coppola was already in. Right. As a matter of fact, I'm having lunch with Tony Bell today.
0: Oh, right. Oh, give him my best. I well. Spielberg was was one of those that you you sort of you sort of got early and then let go early as well. Yeah, I did,
3: and I think it says a little bit about what's important to my feelings and how I feel I ought to be treated. And, you know, it, it was obviously not smart, but and I never accused myself of being that smart.
0: Because you had him as client, as you were his agent. Yes. And you, yes. le- you sort of said, okay, you you have to go and- Well, there was, there's a
3: story behind it. And the story essentially was, I put him together, made his deal at Universal TV, and he had been there You know, working behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. he had had found somebody who was teaching him, you know, how to edit and made his deal. And then, I guess, I don't know, three years or three or four years after, he wanted to make movies elsewhere. And I said, well, you have to get out of this contract. And I'd just gotten Philip Kaufman out of the contract. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was doable. And he said, well, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Now, he had had a conversation with his lawyer, who I had put him together with, and said that he was unhappy because he wasn't getting movies. Well, you know, he first of all, he should have told me that, Right. He did. So the lawyer. And the lawyer is somebody I'd put him with, and, you know, he told me. So I, I really actually felt that was a betrayal.
2: Mm.
3: And, you know, I, I wasn't going to stand for it. At that point, you know, I had a lot of other clients, and um, you know, he's a wonderful filmmaker, a wonderful person, and he and I made another movie together, talking about Hook, and we're we're actually working on one now.
0: Oh, right! Wow. So, so the relationship continues. Yeah. Of those early clients that you had as an agent, um, who was, was there? Anyone who sort of surprised you the most? Who uh, you know how they how they developed either. Positively or negatively.
3: Well, they each you know, they each had different you know, Malik was one kind of person, Phil Kaufman was a different kind of person, you know, Steven obviously turned out to be quite different. You know, they each have their own. And there were a lot of clients at the time. i remember some I remember some of the English clients I who I had were really terrific, you know, Carol Rice, Tony Richardson, Lindsay Anderson. I mean, can you get any better? You know, mm. other, I mean, the only one that was missing for me was David Lean. Right. You know, who, I got to spend some time pretty close to the, his end. You know, I probably would have wound up doing a film with him had he not died. But, you know, I mean, you, you go back and look at that. You, I mean, uh, somebody told me recently that, you know, Truffaut said to this woman who has written about him that I was the only guy that he could trust in Hollywood. You know, first of all, I, I heard it secondhand, so it's we don't know whether it's true or not. But, but that was good. I mean, the fact that, that I had a unique relationship with Antoniani was different from everybody else.
0: How did that come about?
3: Well, he did a movie in the States called Zabriskie Point, and I wound up representing the two uh, leads in that movie as a result of the agency I was working with at the time. And he and I became friends. You know, I mean, the fact is that you know I was different in one way and that is that I'm a much more at the time a much more worldly kind of guy Mm. somebody who'd been in a lot of places in the world you know spoke other languages you know had been had travelled you know quite a bit
0: and so you you met him in in, through Zabriskie Point and, and became friends yeah from
3: there on in you know we were friends brilliant guy you know really smart you know I didn't wind up representing him but you know we became good friends and and that was great the same is true of Ponte Corvo you know who I love
0: yes absolutely a wonderful filmmaker yeah one of my favorite Italian filmmakers
3: yeah yeah, mine too he was Mm. you know um he made I think one of the best movies you know in the last 100 years
0: the the battle of Algiers Yeah. yeah 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 Yeah, I've got to rewatch that. I was watch- I I was saw it the other day on a, on a, a, a I've got the Blu-ray and everything, and uh, yeah, and, and, I, and my daughter is doing a politics degree, and I said to her, "This is a film you have to watch. This is the yeah. the, the political film of uh, yeah. of the 20th yeah. century." You know, yeah. And the other thing that I found interesting about your book is is that it is in a personal memoir. Of course, it's about you going from an agent to to heading a production uh Mm -hmm. the production of united artists but it also sort of you have this shifting perspective you know you're you're as you said uh, just now you're a very worldly guy who speaks different languages and has a a a perspective which is very broad but you also Mm -hmm. have the perspective in hollywood of being from mailroom to agent to head of the studios Um, right so does that 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 gives you a sort of gives the reader a real sense of an outlook which is on the whole of the business.
3: Yeah, and the the thing that's kind of interesting is that, you know, all of our lives are constantly changing. And I mean minute by minute and the world changes around us. And we're, you know, I'm always trying to figure out what's happening. What what is going on?
2: Mm.
3: And, you know, why am I affected by it in one form or another? What's happened to the to the film business generally? I mean, the film business that I grew up with is no longer there. Mm. It's a life of streaming and uh, and new ways of getting to the audience. You know, there've been various modes tried. You know, the, the 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 big canvas, the seventy millimeter, you know, cinemascope. You know, everything, everything's constantly changing. the The key question, of course, is you know the personalities in it. And how different are they you know are they better or are they worse or are they just basically reflective of their time and i think that's generally the case you know nobody's trying to be gregory peck
0: it's fascinating when th- that idea as well of what's going on at the moment because of course we've had covid and we've had the pandemic and now mm-hmm. with what's going on in ukraine and i couldn't help the moment that you mentioned uh your mom- mother's family coming from odessa the sort of like mm-hmm. That name now means something else in the world to, yes. to what it. What yes, mean, so if
3: right? I'd if I'd said that a year ago, probably would have had no impact. But but now it d- people know they know it's a port. You know they know it's in the Black Sea. Yeah, but it's you know there's so many really interesting changes that are going on. I'm trying to keep up with it, essentially.
0: Well, I mean your other book, your your um, second book that you wrote, American yeah, Idol yeah after Uh, iraq after iraq Uh, i mean that's a very uh, a book which is extremely it's about the role of culture and art in in promoting sort of values i guess Mm -hmm. i mean that feels very prescient to me that the the idea of especially american culture having to not go out into the world so much as as the world culture has to also come into america
3: well that's that's another change right i mean first of all the whole idea of america is a it's a perfect land for you know for uh, immigrants i'm one and there's you know there's uh because we're next to mexico and canada and we have all these other places around us you know people come here because they they see this as a land of opportunity and i i can easily see that in my own life but there, it, it's interesting because even then you know people have you know they're protecting their own territory and therefore making it harder for others not knowing that every single one of them came out of somewhere else unless they're american indians
0: when i when i look at the list of films that you were that you were I mean, you had an, a, an absolute run at United Artists, I mm-hmm. mean, in terms of commercial success, but also in terms of critical success. Yeah. And when I look at those films, like One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky, Annie Hall, it, it doesn't... I mean, we are making interesting films still, but I'm not sure if they're, they're the big... You know, they're, they're, they're as dominant as they used to be, Those that kind of film.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, I have, I made this list of all the films that I've been involved with, you know, and now-
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
3: Now, so i kind of look at it. You a second. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was looking at the UAE, and I, I looked at it, and it starts with Man with a Golden Gun, Return of the Pink Panthers, Love and Death, Rollerball. Cuckoo's Nest, Any Hall, Carrie, Network, Rocky, Bound for Glory, Pink Panther Strikes Again, Bridge Too Far, New York, New York, Apocalypse Now, Spy Who Love Me, Equus, Semi Tough, Coming Home, Last Waltz, Revenge of the Pink Panther, Invasion of the Body
0: Snatchers,
3: Black Stallion, Lord of the Rings animated, Manhattan, Raging Bull. That was the run.
0: That- Includes some of my favorite films of all time. I think. I mean, Network, Equus. I'm a huge Richard Burton fan, and I, Equus, I love. Absolutely love yeah. that film. What was the film that you felt you, that you felt very? I mean, there's so much to be proud. There is. Is it just the the whole bunch together, or is there specific ones you feel particular triumph for getting over the line? Um,
3: you know what? I think you look at the whole body. You know, that's why I said third of them. Somebody should have shot me. You know,
0: it, it was funny that uh, in the book you, you're sort of talking about doing Rocky and doing New York, New York at the same time, and and yeah. every, everybody expects New York, New York to be the big hit, and it ends up yeah. being Rocky.
3: Yeah, Rocky, a, a boxing movie, mm. you know, which hadn't done well. No boxing movie had done well. You know, you can't. It's interesting because you can't categorize almost anything. You know, if you make it well enough, and and it's got something going for it and it's the right time, it does well. I mean, you know, that's too bad, you know, Bull Durham was a baseball movie, you know, how do you do that?
0: What did William Goldman say? No, nobody knows.
3: Yes, that's true.
0: And talking also of sort of knowing people before they're famous, the the, the transformation that you describe of Sylvester Stallone in the process of Rocky coming out and him, him yeah. going from a relatively humble sort of guy to... I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say a monster, but but something close.
3: Well, it's interesting because you know I've seen the transformation throughout. Parts of it, parts of him will never change. They'll be mm. who he is. He, I think, he realizes he's been extraordinarily lucky, and, and he's he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for, or that some people give him credit for. You know, he may, and and you know he knows how to how to become famous. Mm. Everybody's. You know everybody seems to be looking for that for money i mean i i'd like to know that if there if i knew that there was another life after the one we live in then i'd worry about what i am gonna leave you know i don't think that there is such a thing
0: but i mean in in a sense maybe values become more important yeah you know you haven't got a second chance you know so you yeah it's it's important to get it right this way
3: one one trip around it that's it
0: yeah yeah, and I mean that's that seems to be a sort of values values that you're very proud of in terms of how how United Artists sort of went under your under yeah. your sort of supervision or when you were part of it. Um, but you, know, you
3: you look at the Orion pictures. There's some great films there too.
0: And and yeah, I mean, I always remember the Orion logo coming up when I'd go to the cinema or when I'd put in a video cassette and thinking, okay, this is going to be good.
3: Yeah. Well, most of them were. I mean, as I looked at that list, there's some really good ones. You know, Little Romance, uh, Life of Brian. Oh, wow. Ten, Caddyshack, Excalibur, Arthur. Um, I'm looking at some of the better ones. Broadway, Danny Rose, The Bounty, Woman in Red, Amadeus, Terminator, uh, Falcon the Snowman, Hair, Something Wild, Hoosiers, Three Amigos, Platoon, RoboCop, No Way Out, Unbearable Lightness of Being, Bull Durham, Married to the Mob, Mississippi Burning, Valmont, House of Games, Dance of the Wolves. You know, I mean, there's some good ones.
0: Oh, there <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Some of the best of that period. You know, so there. And there's so many talented people involved as well. Jonathan Demme and... Um, yeah, Demme. Amazing, amazing director.
3: Yeah. Then later on, you know, there's Philadelphia. Legends of the Fall, on and on. I mean, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there is a third third of the movies.
0: And when you were going from one, you know, you were setting up, you sort of had these phases in your career where you were going from one studio, you were setting up Mm -hmm. new studios and production companies. That must have been sometimes quite daunting to, to you know, to go from a huge success as an agent. Huge success as uh, in the uh, United Artists, and then to, to sort of, not necessarily be beginning again, but there, there was an element of risk, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's always an element of risk. You get up in the morning, there's an element of risk. Right. You know, it is, it, sometimes it's scary, you know? And I, one of the things I noticed, I find kind of interesting, and I think I said it in some, somewhere, which is that, the, you know, this is a business that eats its old, not the young.
0: Right. Right,
3: you know, and um in my career, I ran into times when people wanted to walk away from people like Arthur Cram or Eric because they thought they were too old. you know i I didn't I, I didn't want to walk away from them. I thought they had you know they did what they did better than I did, and I did what I did probably better than they did.
0: I mean that goes back to what we were saying maybe about values as well that you have some of those individuals who are like, uh you know sort of go through your entire career you know Milosh forman from one floor the cuckoo's nest in mm-hmm. there and all the way through so well, i mean he must have been you know those are relationships that must have lasted
3: they did and you know um of course he lived on the east coast i live on the west coast but i mean i'm you know i i've maintained those relationships with all the ones that are still alive, and that you know,
0: that's great. We've got a lasting legacy because of it.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I feel that's ma- that's what's made it interesting for me. It's made it's what made my life interesting. You know, getting a phone call from an old friend saying, "Hey, I'm coming into town. Let's have dinner." I mean, how much better can it get?
0: Yeah, and and you know, the, the people who are who are who are fascinating from an intellectual point of view as well in terms of their yeah. artists. Oh yeah, their, of course. You know, they're yeah. engaging in the world.
3: Yeah and and they also leave a legacy
0: when you when you look at hollywood as it is now is a are there? um i mean you're saying everything is changing and you're still on your on your very much working in the mm-hmm. uh, in the business um yeah. is there anything that you kind of uh if you if you had a sort of a magic wand and you could change instantly what what would you change about the the, the business
3: you know you can't go backwards it's just it just doesn't work, you know. You learn something from what happened, but you know it's all gonna it's changing. You know when when I started, I think Disney was Disney was a theme park. Universal wasn't a theme park yet. You know, there's there's new new ways of showing films and making films. I mean, every day there's something new. You wonder, you know, looking at the telescope. You know, that, that, that found these new stars and new ways of viewing the sky, and uh, and you wonder, right? When you take all those galaxies, how is it possible that we haven't been replicated in some form? You know, what are the chances?
0: It's like we, when some when there's when there's enough combinations of something, it's inevitable that the the most improbable yeah. things will happen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I remember reading a quote once, which was, "On the longest timeline, the highly improbable becomes inevitable."
3: Yeah, because you know,
0: true. it's just combination after combination. Yeah. So you're you're uh, writing this this third book of yours, this sort of family memoir, right. at the moment. Uh, when when is that due out? When can we expect that? I don't.
3: That? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't have a deal yet with mm-hmm. uh, you know somebody who's willing to to uh, print it. So I'll find out giving it to an agent could you be. know i mean i think i think you know everybody likes it they're just the key question is you know how many will it sell right that's what they care about they could care less about what the content is although they seem, seem to like the content
0: yeah but i mean there'll be some there's some people in the publishing industry who will be as you know intense on the values as, as you were mm-hmm. in the film industry hopefully
3: yeah yeah i think that's that's true um i, th- I think so i'll show you um, can you see that or not
0: yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's the that's the statue.
3: That's the statue of the family. Wow. The bronze. Pretty cool, right?
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. Have you ever thought of that maybe even being a film?
3: Somebody called me from England. They wanted to do a doc documentary, right? Right. On,
0: and
3: um, probably using the book. My my whole thing was you know i'm not interested in doing a a documentary about me right interested in uh, that what interests me is to say hey i'm not really that important what is important is the work that i was a part of right that's that's what counts everything else i say you know falls into the it it becomes you know a little bit to look how great i am and I don't
0: want to be in that spot so too indulgent
3: yeah
0: yeah I mean I, I I, sort of sense that a little bit from the memoir because you're quite you know the memoir is very much about you know what I did the work I did here's the you know it's yeah. not it's not about you know and then I went home and I felt this or then I you know it's all about you know the principles by which you were operated and the things that you achieve yeah. the occasional yeah. mistake <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean you know, like a, it's human. Of the hundred films for which you should be shot, <laughs> which were, were there any that you felt, oh, I, this should have been better. This, I mean, it you know not, should have been better. But I wish I could have rescued this one.
3: Um, I can't think of I can't think of one like that. You know, there, there's some I sh- you know shouldn't have tried. Even. Right. I thought right. it I thought it was funny, but it you know wasn't that funny. Right, right.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think Hal Ashby's bound. Uh, I mean, I don't think this is one of the ones. You bound should for Glory. Shot by. I think bound, to, uh, bound for Glory should have a, a bigger reputation than it has.
3: Yeah, I should. think that that's a beautiful. It was, film. It was too long. Mm. It was too long. That was part of the problem. David Carradine
0: yeah. is is superb in that film. He looks amazing. Yeah, and that Good.
3: was that was. The, it's interesting because that was part of the argument about we should play that part and um i think i i tried to get richard dreyfus to play it and he turned it down on the basis of how much it would cost mm. or how much money he was gonna get Yeah, you know i'm looking at these movies and i'm thinking you know which ones I shouldn't have done uhf is one of them right but then you know there's movies like house of cards which is you know pretty good under fire which is pretty good
0: the nick nolte Gork-
3: gorky yeah gorky park was a failure but i not a bad movie it's just not great michael adept i think
0: yeah yeah with lee marvin and william hurt yeah 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 <laughs> i can hear a dog in the background
3: yeah it's my shepherd i don't know what he's doing
0: well um one one last question i'd i'd like to ask if it's uh, if it's yeah. okay um which is um because on this podcast we're we're recommending we're trying to encourage people to to read books about about movies um, including obviously your book are there any books that you've read about the business about cinema biographies of filmmakers any anything like that that you could recommend to our listeners that you would um, uh, that you personally liked you know
3: I'm listening to a book right now about the whole fall of Trump Hmm um, It's um hang on a second. Just wanna make sure I don't screw this up. You know, often if I find a really good book, I immediately think, Well, is this a movie? You know, is this something that can you, you can put into um into a film, you
0: know? Well I, I guess we're kinda of waiting for the first Trump movie, aren't we? The
3: Yeah, somebody's gonna make it.
0: Sasha Baron Cohen, perhaps?
3: He'd be be great. But, you know, I was thinking in the best of all worlds, you would have had Peter Sellers play that part.
0: Oh, wow. Yes. Right. Yeah. He has exactly that. The sort of stupid man who thinks he's the cleverest man in the room.
3: Yeah. A movie called, you know, a book called Peril by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa you know then
0: yeah I've, I've read it I would, co- I would
3: read i would read that book and recommend that book i mean there's so many so many interesting books i mean i'm you know a, a book filer but you know i pick up a lot of stuff to read but this one i'm listening to and i i just love it <laughs> you know it's gonna be a few hours but it's it's great it's just uh you know trying to think of other books that you know that uh, you know. I have a a long list of film books here. But, you know, Mark Norman's book on screenwriting is pretty good too. Right. They to get the title of it,
0: of course, from the mailroom. Yes. Yep.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, hey, look at the you know the list of. Hang on a second. You know, there's there's too many, <laughs> just too many that in there. I went. You know,
0: it's hard to pick a favorite.
3: Yeah. Well. You need to know a little, little bit of each one of those.
0: I'm I'm, I'm still um, thinking about your Peter Sellers Donald Trump movie. I'm, th- I'm thinking yes. that's one of the... Who would you direct yeah. it if you could have anybody in the world to direct? I've already
3: talked to a director, so I don't want to talk about it.
0: Ah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, well, I, I guess that's... Uh, where's, the, Stanley,
3: where's Stanley Kubrick when you need him?
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, he's a Doctor Strangelove level yeah. sort of yeah. I- ironic
3: exactly right
0: yeah 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 satire um i'd, I'd still like to see a sasha baron cohen version as well i think that yeah no
3: he, he 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 can actually play that kind of so he's a good idea i mean he mm-hmm. he's, he's yeah.
0: he can play straight as well sasha baron cohen i think yeah he's, he
3: can he's no he's he's a smart guy too really mm. smart I don't know him very well but I must say the little I know of him I like him.
0: Yeah, yeah, his brother is a is a very famous um psychologist. Very oh, really? uh, yeah, yeah, really like well respected. I've read mm-hmm. one of his books about psychopathy I think it was about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's uh I think he's called Simon Baron-Cohen. Mm-hmm. Uh but he's he's a uh, uh, yeah, he's very well respected sort of. So yeah. obviously coming from a a very clever family I think. Yeah. L- like the Attenboroughs, you know, some, some great dinner conversation.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I, actually, I, I was in London a few years ago and I went by to see Dickie. He was, you know, he worked with us and I did Chaplin.
0: Right. That's a superb film. Robert
3: Downey Jr.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Mike. I really, really Talk appreciate it. Take care. Huh? Bye bye. so that was uh that was mike Medavoy, um one of the most powerful men in hollywood talking to john bleasdale an up and coming power an up and (laughs) if you if you you believe that i've got a, a bridge that is going cheap um but it was brilliant talking to him i really enjoyed it as you uh as you could probably tell um just such an interesting situation being able to talk to someone who has had a hand in uh, so many movies and so many movies that were formative to my own uh, love of cinema. Um, So I was really pleased with that. Uh, His book is great um, and if you have the opportunity, you should read it. Um, it's on Audible as well if you're an Audible member I think it might even be included so it, it doesn't cost anything to for you to download and read it there I'm not being sponsored by Audible I don't know why I'm shilling for them Okay, uh, all that's left is for me to thank Elliot Atkins for the music Ali Harwood for the artwork Mike Medavoy for being my guest and you dear listener until next week take care